It's time for JT the Brick. Receiver from the University of Colorado, number 21, Cliff Branch. We kick off the summer of Cliff Branch. Tucker drops back to pass. Steps up. He looks. Over the middle. He's got it. Touchdown Raiders! It's by Cliff Branch! The summer of Cliff. Cliff Branch, all summer long. JT the Brick. Prepare your phone call. I want Cliff content from you. Stabler plays very back to pass. Gets a big rush out. Cut the man. Stabler's throwing deep for Branch. He's got it to 20. The 10. Touchdown Raiders. What separated Cliff was he was amazing, meticulous route runner. As we count down to Cliff, the summer of Cliff on the flagship. And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome in, everybody. Raider Nation Radio on the flagship of the Silver and Black. JT today. On a real busy day as we continue the Summer of Cliff, the Summer of Cliff Branch, as we count down to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, coming up in a couple of weeks here, right around the corner. So really want to thank everybody at the Raiders, Bobby, who put a lot of work together, the imaging department here at Lotus, and you, all the great listeners in the Raider Nation, as we're kind of stepping it up, as you'll see today and what we're going to be trying to do next week as we lead up to Canton, Ohio. So if you could step up your game, we'd appreciate it with more Cliff content and more Cliff stories. There's only so much we can do. We're playing sound. We're telling stories. We're putting on former teammates. And we're trying to do our part, but we really need the support of the Raider Nation and its fans as Cliff is no longer with us, but we're throwing him a big party in Canton. And it started well over a month ago here on the flagship radio station. We're brought to you by PTs, which hosts the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. If you haven't been over to the stratosphere yet, to the very top or to the lobby, you'll see that they put a lot into that property. A lot of it is based on what they do at Golden Entertainment and PTs, the stratosphere for live music, for lunch, to go in and catch PTs and get wings there or go to the top of the world. Get on those rides up top, PTs. They fuel the monologue. Raiders just had a bunch of press conferences, and our award-winning team is putting together the sound bites. I'll get to some of that in a minute. Uh, I'll be going to practice tomorrow morning. The coach is speaking early. And on top of all that, we'll be excited to be broadcasting live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center as we're starting to get a feel of the schedule what Josh McDaniels is going to want to do will follow his lead along with Dave Ziegler on when they're going to come on the radio, what players will be available. And, and the NFL now is a mass media arm of sports. And we're going to talk about it when we get an opportunity to get in touch with these players. But for me, with the relationships I have with a lot of the alumni, I just thought in advance it would be good to get this cliff content in before the Hall of Fame. And we're really happy about that. So what we have lined up today former Raiders linebacker Jerry Robinson. Uh, Jerry was good friends with Cliff. He played against him when he played with the Eagles, lost to Cliff Branch in the Super Bowl with the Eagles when Cliff had an outstanding game along with Jim Plunkett, and then Jerry played with Cliff when he got traded to the Raiders and came over to the Raiders so he knew him well. The man who wore number 21, Eric Allen, who will tell the story why he put the 21 jersey on when he came to the Silver and Black. I'll let him tell the story a little bit later. You know, Eric does a lot. Uh, my partner on the pre- and post-game show, a lot of the TV that he's doing, training camp specials. So Eric Allen will join us about 1.35. I got a college football guest, one of my favorites, Pete Futek, will join us a little bit later on from College Football News on everything that's happening in that sport. And the All-Star game was last night, and I want to get into that because that's 
what everybody watches. Well, today is an interesting day. Today is widely considered the slowest day in all of sports. There are 365 days a year. A couple of hundred of those days, I do two shows a day. And most of it's pretty easy, especially during football season, the NBA Finals. You know, you go to the Daytona 500, the NCAA tournament when we're building brackets. No complaints, and I'm not complaining today because we have an advantage on this show because we got Raiders content. Tonight, I have to figure it out because they put the ESPYs on from ESPN because this is the dead zone. Today is arguably considered the worst day in sports. There's no baseball game. There's no hockey game. There's no NBA. There's no NFL. There's not a lot of anything. And this is kind of the day that everybody looks at and circles on the calendar. Not me. I did a podcast today, and we got these uh, hour and 50 minutes in front of us. So I want to really kick ass today like I want to do every day here, talking Raiders, uh, some of the expectations. It's incredible. Before I started the show, uh, one of the national shows started off kissing the Raiders' ass all day, how great the Raiders are selling tickets, how great the stadium is, and then they picked the Raiders to come in last in the AFC West. And I had an epiphany moment about that, too. Uh, really a, an interesting moment. I, I've been spending way too much time reminding you how everybody undervalues the Raiders. And a lot of people like that. They stop me in bars and restaurants, and we talk at Raider events, and people like that about me. They're like, JT, you know, one thing about you, you point out what the other people are saying to disrespect us, and I wouldn't know it. A lot of you guys and gals are working. You're in your car. You're on lunch. You're doing something, so you don't hear these other shows. And I get up in the morning, and I got to prep. And I'm up late at night, and I prep. And when it comes to the Raiders, it really is fascinating to me. Some of it they deserve because the franchise hasn't won a Super Bowl in a very long time. And the team at times, you know, they've had years where they were down and years that they were kind of trying to rebuild and get it going. And when that happens, the Raiders deserve to get heat. And they do. But there's more to it. And you know where I'm going. And what, what, the reason why there's more to it is there's a level of jealousy because the Raiders that started off in 1960, as Al Davis said, were the team of the decades in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So the Raiders didn't start off in 1945. When they came into this league and Al Davis took over and then John Madden still is the winningest coach in the history of the NFL uh, through 10 seasons, that's a pretty special stat. They threw that up on TV the other day. And the Raider fans are a global brand, and they have a better fan base than most of the fans there. The Packers, the Giants, the Cowboys, there's a lot of big fan bases just as big, if not more successful, than the Raiders. I've been around long enough on Raiders radio when the Patriots didn't matter. Literally, I've been doing this 26 years. You know, 26, 25, 24, 20 years ago, the Patriots didn't matter. They really had no following other than the Sugar Bear Hamilton days with Steve Grogan. They never did anything, and now the Patriots have won six Super Bowls. And when you look at their Super Bowl success, a lot of people think they're the new great dynasty in sports. And they get more coverage than the Raiders. Rightfully so. They deserve that in the Belichick era. And we got a bunch of guys in the building now that come from that tree and the Belichick tree. And hopefully they bring that success here to Las Vegas. But it's really difficult for me when people obviously go out of the way to kick the Raiders and, and suggest that they're not going to do anything. And that's one of the big issues I've had this offseason. My brain is playing tricks on me. And what's happening is my brain which gets worked out a lot every day talking, 
I, I sit there in some quiet moments and say, how does a team that won 10 games now have an eight and a half win total in the sports books? How does a radio host that comes on before me pick Denver to win the division with 12 wins and the Raiders have won the last four in a row and have Kansas City and the Chargers as the wild cards but left the Raiders out? And then I, I, I go around and I read these articles and I talk to other people and it happens every year. And even when the Raiders are doing good and they did very well last year, still people are saying, but, well, the Raiders won 10 games, but they could have lost four in on the last player overtime and they're really not that team no they are that team they won 10 games well the Raiders got better in the offseason with Chandler Jones and they brought in Devontae Adams but what the hell's the but the but is is that there is a level of of hatred towards the Raider brand and jealousy and there are people who are lazy and don't do their homework and don't follow rosters and additions and all of that. And then their DNA, because they're not Raider fans, they're either members of the opposing media or they're more and more of what we're seeing a new, new radio host today where they don't have a team. Imagine having a radio show and not having a team. There's a bunch of those clowns out there. They don't have a team. And if you don't have a team, you're not going to pick the Raiders. You're going to pick the flavor of the month. So I just went through this about an hour ago. It's the last 24 hours. My son's going back to college tomorrow. So we got a big day around the house, laundry and packing and getting the car ready and all this stuff. And my son's going back with my wife, uh, driving to Norman, Oklahoma tomorrow. And I was talking to my son about it. And he's like, don't worry about it, Dad. We got him. I mean, what do you mean? He goes, we got him. This is going to be a great year for the Raiders. Now, does he know? He doesn't know. But he's a Raider fan. He's a diehard Raider fan. I didn't grow up a Raider fan. I grew up in New York as a Giant fan. The Raiders brought me in and changed my life for the better. They gave me these great opportunities. Now I'm in full support of the silver and black for many reasons. But my kids were born Raider fans, and they love Raider Nation, and they fight for the Raider Nation when they talk amongst their friends who aren't Raider fans. So I deal with this way too much in my life, which is kind of a perk in a lot of ways, but it gives me a lot of anguish. Because I come on the radio show and I don't do fluff radio and I don't do what's your favorite cheeseburger, what's your favorite ballpark, today's a slow day, what's your favorite sports movie, all that crap is running rampant today. You know, I don't have four co-hosts where I can say, what do you think? Oh, you think, I think that, no, you think that. It's just me. And I tire myself out some days. I don't know how you deal with me. That's why I get off the radio in the summer a little bit more because I don't come up for air six days a week starting in a few weeks here. But I was really damn pissed off today when I saw this kissing ass to the Raiders and then dropping the bomb that the Raiders aren't going to make the playoffs and all the teams in the division are going to make the playoffs. When is it going to end? It's only going to end is when Mark Davis lifts the Lombardi trophy. Because when Mark lifts the Lombardi trophy, and I don't know how long it's going to take. It could be really short. could be here in the next two, three years. If it takes longer, whatever it is, whenever Mark Davis lifts that Lombardi trophy, it's over. It's over. There's no more debate. The Raiders will have four Super Bowls. They'll have the best stadium where people come from all over the world to watch the team. They'll have the best practice facility. They'll have a global hub in the Southwest for their fans. They'll have the greatest players enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And the conversation will be over. But the conversation is not over today because the Raiders left the door open because they haven't won a Super Bowl since Super Bowl 18. And the Super Bowl is the same age as me. And we're in the 50s now, 
And it's a long way from Super Bowl 18. So we go Super Bowl 11, 15, and 18. Think of the magnitude of winning three Super Bowls that closely together with the winning percentage that the Raiders had throughout those Super Bowl wins before and even after, and now how long it's been since the Raiders have been able to win. So they don't have to win six more. They need to win one more because the one will bring them up to speed in now what would be considered the real modern era of the NFL, and it would shut everybody up. There'd be no more relocation talk. There'd be no more talk. Mark can't win. He's not Al. There'd be no more talk that the Raiders are this or that. So that's why we're all together on this topic. And we should all be together on this topic. Because as soon as it happens, all of this crap is going to end. There's going to be no more. They can't win. They used to be great. They used to be this. They got the best logo in sports. They're iconic. They're global. No one will have to say that anymore. The Raiders will be up to speed. So I guess that I answered my own question. When is this crap going to end? Where the Raiders are doubted every July and August. People that want to pick them don't feel comfortable picking them. People buy into this garbage every year on the Chargers in Denver. I mean, the Raiders won the last four games against Denver. The coach got fired. They annihilated the Denver Broncos, and now Denver's picked to win more games. They have better odds in Vegas because of one guy. One guy, Russell Wilson, who I guess moves the needle that big. Derek Carr is not far behind Russell Wilson right now. Three, four years ago, Derek Carr was miles behind Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson already was uh, in a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl, and, and Russell Wilson's still in his prime right now. He's in the back end, middle of his prime. Derek, if he plays to the age of 38, 39, 40, Derek's kind of in the, in the beginning of his prime. So I didn't plan on doing this today, but I was just talking about it, and my son asked me about it. And he's just like, hey, Dad, let it go. Let it go. And I'm like, I can't let it go. I'm a sports talk host. I can't let my feelings go and keep them inside. And that's why when I give you an open phone line and we talk about this, I want to hear from you. If you're going through the same things I'm going through, and you and the Raider Nation, you've been a fan, you've been around longer than me, you got to have opinions on this. And I don't know how much more I'm going to spend time on this anymore because In general, I think I'm fair to say this here in the monologue. No one around the league is picking the Raiders. There's like two guys, Adam Shine, who I work with on SiriusXM. He's got them winning 11 or 12 games. You know, there's a couple of guys that respect the Raiders, Bucky Brooks. You know, a couple of national guys. But when push comes to shove, they just won't do it. They just won't do it because they don't want to be wrong. So they think they're playing it safe by picking against the Raiders. And they've been right. For a long period of time, pick it against them until last year when no one picked them. I have to remind everybody that last year the Chargers and the Denver Broncos did not make the playoffs. But if you turn on these debate shows and these football shows, you would think that the Chargers went to the AFC Championship. You would think that the Denver Broncos got knocked out in the divisional series, and they did not. And to me, it's all about a lack of respect for a team that I think is knocking on the door But now there's a lot of easier ways for people to go there and pick against them. And I just saw it today in incredible fashion. A complete love fest on the Raiders. Stadium, ticket revenue. Oh, my God, it's great. We got to go out to the stadium. Vegas is so good. And then when the pick segment comes along, Raiders are in last place. It's just the way it's going to be. 
It's just the way it's going to be. And the only people that can clean it up and can clean it up at all is the Raider fans. And you got to back it up on the field. You got to make it a better home field advantage. You got to make it a home field advantage that really matters. You can't sell your tickets. You can't let other players, uh, teams come in there and have 30% of the crowd or 40% of the crowd. And I knew that was coming. I mean, I live here. I've lived here since 96. I think I knew and I called what's going to happen. And it's going to happen this year, too. Patriot fans, Niner fans are going to buy tickets and come on in and welcome them. They, they spur the economy. They fill up the casinos and hotel rooms. They're paying for the stadium and doing all that. But this is going to be, this year in the AFC West, a bloodbath. It is going to be a fight in the back alley in that division every game. I don't know of a time, and you probably do, and what the year was when every game in the division mattered so much. I mean, division wins mean more. We all know that. But this year when Kansas City's playing the Chargers or Denver's playing Kansas City, we're going to have to be very, very aware of those games, and we will be. Very aware of those games because they're going to mean a lot. Because one slip-up in this division, one big slip-up in this division will cost one of these teams the playoffs. And I do think that, I know, I know for a fact two teams are going to make the playoffs here. There is a chance the three can. There is a chance there'll be a division winner and two wild cards. And last year the Raiders were one of the wild cards. Could the Raiders get a wild card this year, win the division? Again, I doubt the Raiders will win the division only because they are seated last in Vegas at eight and a half wins. So the Sharps and the smarter people that do this for a living to gamble think the Raiders are a fourth place team. I think the Raiders are a second place team. I just don't know who they're going to come in second to, Kansas City or the Chargers. Because Denver could be, but I think Denver, that would be a massive turnaround with their personnel and their quarterback. The Chargers are coming. The Chargers have a really good roster. As much as I despise the Chargers and the way that they run their business and the way that they try to buy fans because they don't have any fans, they're pretty good. I mean, they're really good. They got Khalil Mack, friend of the show, who's great. He's not good. He's great over his career. They got Bosa. They got Herbert, Eckler. They got receivers who don't eat up the Raiders compared to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's gone. You know, Patrick Mahomes is a hell of a player. So I know I'm rambling on here a little bit, but, you know, I, I, I put the monologue in my head five minutes before the show. I have no notes. I don't read off a teleprompter. And I was kind of worked up, and my son noticed it, and he's leaving here in about 18 hours, and he caught it on me. All right, again, Jerry Robinson at the bottom of the hour, Eric Allen next hour as we open up the show, and we want to hear from you. John Simpson spoke. We'll play some of that sound. Max Crosby. Uh, Perriman's a big-time story here. He's, he's really developing into a nice leader on this team on the defensive side. And Hunter Renfro spoke today. So we'll play some of that sound when it comes in as it's loading up right now, and we'll get rolling. The baseball all-star game was last night. I'm an American League guy. I was really excited the American League won 3-2. to two. We almost got that new weird, hokey, extra-inning home run derby, but it didn't happen. Man, if you're a Dodger fan, you're pretty pissed off. Dodger pitcher, Grossman got the loss, and the National League scored two runs in the first inning and got shut out the next eight innings. That was not a good all-star game, but it had some really good elements that Fox did on television miking up a pitcher, miking up the outfielders. There are a lot of things that Fox does better than anybody else, from NASCAR to soccer to all the sports they cover. They do a really nice job in kind of breaking the barrier and going to the next level. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it last night. But 
that wasn't a great game. That was not a great all-star game. And if you want to jump in on that topic, the other big topic I want to mention is it's so gimmicky now. The National League has lost nine in a row. And in the eighth inning of the game, eighth inning, they're trailing three to two. And they show the National League dugout and everybody's got a cell phone. Everybody's got a cell phone on the upper uh, steps, either taking a selfie or taking a video. Can you imagine that? You know, if you were in an eight-year-old club baseball tournament and an eight-year-old took out his phone, he'd get thrown out of the dugout by the coach and the mom would know it. Yeah, big league baseball players last night, big leaguers sitting there with cell phones trailing in a game with money on the line and reputation in the line. You may never play in an all-star game again. The National League has lost nine in a row. So there are guys that will never play in a National League all-star game again. They've never won one. They've lost three in a row or five in a row, and they're sitting there with their cell phones taking selfies. <laughs> you imagine that? I mean, it's just incredible what's happened in sports. As I mentioned yesterday, the dumbing down of the attention span of the American sports fan. Even the players can't put their phones down in the dugout. Can you imagine the fans who have their head buried in their phone? Just incredible as we open up the show. 702-365-9200. David in the Bahamas, if that's correct, listening on the mobile app. How are you, David? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Glad that. First time going. Let me just say it like that. Thank you. I've been listening to you guys them over the last couple of years. I'm a proud Raider. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been rolling with the Silver and Black from I was about 14 or 13 years old from Jeff Ostler days, and um, you will fired me up today. Just here, uh, well, I, I can't believe I fired you up in the Bahamas where everybody's laid back, man. I, I like Jamaica. I go there more where we say relax. In Jamaica more. I'm just happy I'm on in the Bahamas and you can hear me on the radio. That's unbelievable. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We live down here. We live down here. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, you fired me up, man. I, I, I heard you speak and um, talk about the disrespect that the, 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 the media gives the Raiders. I've been watching it. I've been seeing it, seeing it. Um, and I, I just sick of it, you know. Um, like I said, it's my first time calling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, should I give him, you know, David or just be like the Bahama Raider or whatever. But, you know, I- I'm sick of hearing everybody else. They give clout. They give all the praises to the Chiefs. They give praises to the to, to the Chargers. The Chargers don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denver, they got a first-time quarterback and a first-time coach, and it's like mm-hmm. everybody forgetting all about that. Um, and plus, we own the Denver Donkeys for about the last, what, three seasons? They <laughs> haven't beat us since. Yeah, um, we all know how this thing go, but the dudes them and then they just like to just hype up all the other guys them and then and you know, like I said, listening to you and your passion, it it it, it made you. me want to call in today. And well, I we'll call you Bahama. Too. We're gonna call you Bahama Raider now, and hopefully we can get you out <laughs> to Allegiant Stadium somewhere down the road. Take you to the Black Hole tailgate. Take you up to the Torch to meet Eric Allen and all the legends up there. So hopefully, David, we can get you out to a game sometime representing the Bahamas. We'll get you dressed up in gear, get you some gear on your way out, and I can uh, host you. We can show you around and uh, take you around the stadium and show you a good time. Yeah, hey, I'd appreciate it, man. But like I said, I just want to just come in and just be fired up with you, man. I don't Good. like the disrespect that they give our team. They keep playing us. They keep talking down about us. And, they, like, you know, they talk they talk about us like a one way. And then they be like, oh, well, they're going to lose the 
you know, the division or they're mm. going to come in fourth or whatever. And I, I guess, like, you know, I try to mm. keep myself together, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, I kind of hype for it, you know, but I can't wait to see it. Nah, hey, I David, David, last one. What are you looking at right now? Can you see the beach? Do you have palm trees there? Is it a gorgeous day? What time is it? What are you seeing out your window in the Bahamas now? None but sun. <laughs> Good man. None but the sun. Um, yeah, it's the beach. You know, we got palm trees and things. There's a lot of heat going on right now. Uh, beach gotcha. as far as the eyes can see. It's just a beautiful day. Thank you, just David. Appreciate day. the call. Thanks for calling and keep calling. Put the number. Put the number there on your cell phone. That makes me feel great because without that mobile app, we don't get calls from the Bahamas and London and Fort Lauderdale and New Jersey in the Bay Area. This mobile app and what the Raiders have done along with Lotus and having the station and the way to stream it, which is really the wave of the future. you got to have a streaming device. Really proud to be a part of that. Thanks for calling Bahama in the Bahamas. Bahama Raider, David in the Bahamas. If he can call from the Bahamas, you can call from North Las Vegas, Summerlin, and Deep Henderson. Jesse in Stockton, California. How are you, Jesse? Thanks for waiting. <laughs> Jesse, are you there? You're on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my bad, JT. Man, I was playing this to that guy right on the Raiders right now with my coworker. Hey, man, look, I'm, I'm going to make this quick. I've been suffering for a long time. That monologue touched real deep, JT. And uh, it's like I could never debate and, and have the Raiders back, even though I've always had my teams back throughout these years. We're never going to be able to say anything until we win the Super Bowl. And you know what? Like you said, when Mark Davis holds that trophy up, I, I will literally be a grown man crying that day because it's been so hard to be on the back of my team throughout the, all these years, knowing that we have really been kind of in the basement of the NFL. But it feels really great to know we have a good team finally. We have superstars on our team, whether that's defense, offense, or special teams. And like you said, I will, I will never let it live down until we win the Super Bowl and we can finally hold that trophy and I can finally get in these damn debate arguments with my friends, yeah. co-workers, whoever the hell I'm talking crap to, JT. When we win the Super Bowl, they can't say nothing ever to me again. Yeah, that's all you got to do is win one Super Bowl coming up here in the relatively short term. And I think the writers could quiet that, down, that conversation down. I'm talking forever. That's why, that's why it fueled the monologue today. I mean, we're talking about shutting this conversation down forever. It'd give the Raiders four Super Bowls. It'd give them one in Vegas. It would give Mark Davis a Super Bowl, where his dad had three. And all the Hall of Famers. Look at all these Hall of Famers that have been getting in recently, too, and more to come. So that's it. You know, we're, we're wondering, I'm not predicting the Raiders, nor will I predict the Raiders to win the Super Bowl this year. There's only one time I predicted the Raiders to win the Super Bowl ever was when Jack Del Rio had him 12-4 and four the following year, and that was a disaster. A lot of things went wrong that year, but I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl la- uh, this year. Last year, I picked the Bills. I thought the Bills were the best team. I'll, I'll probably pick the Bills again, but I'm, I'm doing my research on this for another month. I take that Super Bowl pick pretty seriously. But I tell you, I think the, I think the Raiders will win the Super Bowl in the next couple of years, and I know everybody wants it to be when they play here in Vegas. All right, thanks for the monologue. Thanks to the botanist, Jin, part of our Remy Martin team up for excellence team. Former Raider linebacker, great friend of the show, Jerry Robinson next.
This JT the Brick Legends moment is brought to you by M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. Play fake. Back is Plunkett. Time to throw. Deep to the end zone to Branch. It is caught by Branch. Touchdown Raiders. He won a wrestling match against Wendell Young on the one-yard line. Holy Toledo. second touchdown catch of the day. Roy Neal Young could not have played him better. Branch just won a wonderful battle between two men who were in a dead heat when that ball was there for grabs. The excellence of Bill King. You're getting a lot of great play-by-play calls. The summer of Cliff Branch continues as we're on our way to Canton, Ohio. His former teammate and friend, Jerry Robinson, the great Hall of Fame college football linebacker at UCLA, the legend who played with the Eagles and the Raiders from 1979 through 1991. Jerry, that's a hell of a long career, man. Thanks for coming on. How are you? <laughs> my man, my man, and the man, JT the Brick. Hey, man, it's great coming on. But I'm listening to the intro, man, and I remember those two touchdown passes, uh, of clips really, really, really well. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it's great to be here, man. It's great to be on. Great to be here with you. Thank you. And we want to tell some clip stories. That's what we've been doing with former friends and teammates. And let's just start because you played against Cliff when you're with the Eagles, and we know about the Super Bowl win for the Raiders. And you came to the Raiders. Start wherever you want on Cliff when you first saw him or played against him, and then what it was like when you transitioned to his teammate and friend. Okay. Well, you know what. When Cliff was drafted in 72 to the Raiders, I was in uh, my freshman year in high school, you know, and I'd already been a Raider fan. So that was the beginning of it, you know, and then I just remember watching him play. You know, I'd go to the Coliseum and watch some games, and I'd go to a few preseason games that they had at Cal Berkeley, and I was just always amazed at this man right here, you know. And I just remember (laughs) the company about Cliff, man, when Super Bowl fifteen. I'll never forget this. Uh, I remember I was dropping uh, into pass coverage, and Cliff crossed my face, and he looked me right in the face, and I saw the look in his eyes, and it was like, it's going to be a long day, my brother. (laughs) It was one of those things. You know, he came ready to play, man, so did the entire team. But, you know, Cliff was just, he was just an amazing athlete. He really was, you know, when I mean, when you play on the team with Freddie and, and, and then you got you got running backs and you got tight ends, you got the ghosts, you got this and that, and you got Stabler and you got Plunkett, you got all these great people around you, you know. It's like you can't cover everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And Cliff had something that kills, and it's called speed. And I used to love to watch him display his speed. It was just unbelievable speed that Cliff had, and he had great hands. And, uh, you know, I was playing against him. And then when I had a chance to play on the same team with him, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a big thrill for me because, like I said, I seen him when I was, you know, in high school and uh, played against him in that Super Bowl 15, which, you know, those two touchdowns made a huge difference in the game. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You know, what, all, so you, <laughs> you know, it was interesting because uh, Plunkett had – Plunkett won the MVP. Rod Martin had three interceptions and Cliff – had two touchdowns. I mean, you look at what happened. When you were putting that game plan together with Coach Vermeil, who, congratulations, by the way, is also going into the Hall of Fame, with Cliff Branch, do you recall in those Super Bowl pregame practices and the meetings 
about how important Cliff was going to be, even though you're a linebacker, you're stopping the run and mostly concentrating on tight ends. Did you sense that, man, Cliff Branch could have a breakout game? Well, anytime, you know, a defensive person's biggest nightmare and biggest fear is somebody with speed and speed yeah. kills. And Cliff had that, you know, because he can clear things out. And what that would do sometimes, it might put the running back isolated on the, on the linebacker. And if Cliff's cleared out that whole area over there, that running back, you know, just makes the linebacker miss the tackle. It's going to be a big play and uh, it's going to be a lot of yardage. So Cliff Branch is definitely just dangerous, just totally dangerous. And, uh, you know, we were well aware of Cliff, but obviously, you know, he had a great game. And you did mention Rod Martin, three interceptions. Every time I see Plunk, I said, you know, man, it's interesting. <laughs> I said, I think for the first time in NFL history, the the football player on the cover of the uh, Sports Illustrated after the Super Bowl game wasn't the MVP. I said, you should thank Rod Martin for that. <laughs> so anyway, I, you know, we have fun doing a lot of different yep. things like that. But, uh, no, being part of being on the team with Cliff was – was totally amazing, and you know what? What I'll always remember is the relationship that we had. You know, of respect as athletes, and then as teammates, competitors, and then as teammates. But as a friend, I mean, you know, I live in Santa Rosa. He lived in Santa Rosa too, and I mm-hmm. remember when his house burned down, and and uh, you know things started to change, and he was going to move out. He was getting ready to go to Vegas and and have his house there. And every time I drive, every time I drive up to Fountain Grove to visit people. I I have this feeling in my heart that something's just not right because I look mm-hmm. over there on that golf course where he was living and he's and he's not there. So right. you know my relationship with Cliff is is, is 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 more than just the athlete side of it because he's a real good friend. He was a really good friend, and I was just amazed at Cliff how the ability that he had when he was around people. If Cliff was in the room and he'd throw that bright smile on you, man, people around him that would either come to get autographs or just to say hi or whatever it might be, they would just light up. And I just remember he always he, he was always willing to take pictures with people, especially kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd throw those rings out at them, and sometimes he'd let the kids try them on. Now, I know as a kid, that memory would be with him for the rest of their lives. So that moment that, you know, the people have met Cliff, they had a chance to take something back with them that sticks with them for the rest of their lives. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's just great to, uh, to have had him in my life. You know, um, wish he was still here. So excuse me, y'all, if I get a little emotional. But, no, no, Jerry, you know, that's why I wanted to have you on because I knew, <laughs> I knew you would be emotional. Jerry Robinson joins us, the great NFL linebacker, the UCLA Hall of Famer, College Football Hall of Fame. And, man, you guys must have had fun in L.A. You think of the Oakland years, right? And you, were, you came to the L.A. Raiders as Cliff was wrapping up his career. What, what was it like running around L.A. with Cliff Branch when he's got his rings and he's having fun? Because it's not Oakland. It's a little bit different. And Cliff's from Texas, as you know. He must have loved L.A. Oh, yeah, he was like the mayor, man. I mean, you know what? It just I knew who to hang out with. You know what I'm saying? And, uh. You know, Cliff, his personality, you know, I mean, three-time Super Bowl champion, you know, you know, uh, records here, records there, Pro Bowls, all pro, all these different things right here. But as a person, man, he just the, the positiveness and the happiness and the joy that he brought to other people just from meeting him. Because, you know, Cliff and I would do some appearances together. And really, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm watching him go to work. I'm watching mm-hmm. him go to work, and I'm watching him putting smiles on some people's faces that might be in a line for a long time, you know. 
you know, their, their, their faces change when they get up and they see Cliff and he talks to him. He starts telling stories. He starts talking about the Raider history and this and that. And, you know, I, I, I you know, Cliff is, I got to say this, for years, every holiday or special occasion, I would get a text message from Cliff. It could be mm-hmm. Christmas. It would all be Raiders. It would be a Raider, Chris, uh, you know, Raider Santa Claus, Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day, Father's Day, and birthday. And, you know, I have those things in my phone and I'll never, you know, I'll never get rid of them because that's the type of person he was. He, he, he cared, you know, and, and sometimes Cliff would even now and then he would send me a text message. He would send me a picture of the Super Bowl championship ring from Super Bowl 15 and just put a little smiley face <laughs> on there. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know uh, what you're talking about, but you, we had a great relationship. Yeah, I'm looking at him in my phone, too, and that's it. I'm happy you said that because Cliff would always send me something and always ask, how's the kids, how's my wife, and mm-hmm. there would be some type of moving Santa Claus. You know, Cliff got yeah. Cliff got involved with the emoji <laughs> world, right? He, the emojis, he would start tweeting out with the Super Bowls and all that. Hey, Jerry, as we wrap this up, uh, he won't be there at the Hall of Fame, but as you know, it's going to be, I think, the largest turnout in the history of the Hall of Fame because Mark invited all the former teammates. And you knew that Mark was Cliff's best friend, and you watched that. When you look back at the relationship of Mark and Cliff, and Mark was, uh, Mark's going to induct him into the Hall of Fame in Canton, what, what, what jumps out of you when you think of that and what's upcoming? What jumps out at me is, you know, number one, you know, Mark, Mark being Mark, you know, uh, inviting everybody to play with him and friends of his to the game. Uh, to the ceremony, uh, I, I remember uh, JT. It was in training camp out there in, the, in Napa, and we were sitting. I was sitting in the stands with Larry Brunson, who was the Cliffs mm-hmm. Colorado Buffalo college uh, teammate, and he was talking to Cliff on the phone. It was like it was that uh, I think it was a Friday. He was talking to Cliff on the phone, and I was talking to Cliff. He said, "Yeah, man, I'm in Bullhead City, Arizona." I said, "You know, you doing autographs?" He said, "Yeah, I'm doing this and I'm doing that," and the next day, we got the news that he was no longer with us. And besides my pain, immediate pain, I immediately thought about Mark Davis. I said, oh, my God, because Cliff and Mark were brothers, man. And Cliff loved Mark. Mark loved Cliff. And Cliff loved the Raiders. And he was always an ambassador for the Raiders. And I just knew that closeness and that tightness between Mark and Cliff, man, I really felt in my heart the deep sorrow for Mark and Cliff's family too. But it, I was just start thinking about Mark because they were, you know, they were brothers from another mother, <laughs> brothers from another mother. That's what they were, and it was really something special to see. And you know, and uh, I saw where Cliff's sister, you know, she said that you know there was only one person I could think of to induct my brother Cliff was his BFF, Mark Davis. So. You know, I call him CB and MD, man. And I, every now and then I would mess with Cliff. I say, hey, uh, yo, Cliff Davis. He'd look at me and he'd start laughing. I'd say, yeah, you're a Davis, man. You just don't know it. Yeah, you do know it. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. I knew you'd be perfect at this. You knocked it out of the park. Thanks for sharing some Cliff stories. The summer of Cliff continues. And uh, looking forward to seeing you a bunch coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So thanks for doing this. Appreciate you. Have a great rest of the summer. See you in Canton. JT. You got it. Jerry Robinson. We will see him in Canton. Again, uh, we've been making the point without going too heavy on it that for Mark Davis to invite all his teammates to go, it's never been done before. You know, Jim Brown, Jim Brown, Dan Marino, uh, the greats who have ever played, Fran Tarkenton, 
Go to the Hall of Famers, Ray Nitschke. No player has ever had a turnout by more of his teammates than what Mark Davis is going to provide in Canton this year. And I really think that that's going to distinguish Mark for decades to come, that type of generosity. Now, it's a perfect storm because Cliff was his best friend, but it's very generous what the Raiders are doing for the alumni, and that's why we're doing the summer Cliff. Thanks again to Jerry Robinson, great human being, great Raider. Uh, his UCLA years on defense, that's why he's in the college football, the UCLA Hall of Fame, a fantastic player and even a better alumni and human being. So we got some sound coming in from the press conferences from Perryman, also Mad Max, who spoke. We'll play some of that coming up. Uh, Pete Futek, a college football insider we scheduled a little couple few days ago. And Eric Allen, can't wait to talk to EA. He just did a training camp preview. So he's fresh, man. He, he's all prepped up on this team and what they need to do. That's where we're going today. It's the summer of Cliff Branch, and we're going to have one hell of a summer as we continue on the flagship of the Silver and Black, brought to you by Grimaldi's. You know it's the best pizza I've ever had. Well, he was my mentor. I, when I see Freddie today... Uh... I always called him father because he was the one that took me on his wings, tutored me, and and made me the player that I turned out to be because because uh, Freddie was such an artist at running routes, and I, I studied him, I watched him, I was like his shadow, so uh, he was my mentor, and I, I I owe a lot of credit. To Freddie Belenica, whenever I see him, I, I call him father, and he say son and stuff like that. And that's the first thing I see when I see Freddie. I say, "Hey, father," and he, "Hey, hi, my son." So, uh, all all my uh, skills uh, as a receiver, from concentration to the work ethics, because Freddie was a guy that that was unbelievable when his work ethic. He was never satisfied. Cliff on Freddie. The summer of Cliff continues. I try to talk to Fred Bolitnikoff every day. Last night, his wife, Angela and Fred, had a big wine exhibit, wine tasting for the sweet holders on the field at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, the Bolitnikovs have a great wine. I'm a wine guy. You know, I love my Modellos. And, you know, we talk about our beverages, but the Bolitnikovs knocked it out of the park. So if you're looking for a wine, a white wine or a red I'm a red drinker. I don't drink white. Uh, they say the white is amazing. My wife and Angela have it all the time, but the red, really good. And their Cabernet is fantastic. And Fred will join us before we wrap up the summer of Cliff as he's getting ready to go out. Uh, found out today I'll be flying in on Wednesday, getting into Canton Wednesday evening and staying through Sunday. I'm going to do a radio show there on Thursday. I think Q's going to do a few. I'm going to jump in with Q, and we're going to be bopping around the Hall of Fame a lot. Fine Raider Nation Radio as we'll be there in Canton, Ohio with Cliff Branch. Sound coming in, and I'm going to uh, pound through a lot of that at the top of the hour here as we continue. Ruben in Vegas, good to hear from Vegas. How are you, Ruben? Hope you're having a good summer. I'm good, though, JT. Thanks for taking the call. Um, quick story, that was a great interview with Jerry Robinson of Cliff, and it's so crazy, JT. I'm not lying to you, man. I was on the 215 heading uh, west, and I happened to pass by uh, Flamingo exit, which is, I don't know if you noticed by the Parkway Tavern, mm -hmm. is exit 21. Look at that. Summer Cliff. Summer Cliff, man. He was listening. He was listening. And 
And another thing, man, that day that he unfortunately passed, I was also on Bullhead on the river. And that's just, you know, yeah, it was, it's, you know, I never got to see him play. I'm not that old, but I mean, I just feel just, I met him a few times and just summer cliff, man, I just had to share that story. And another thing, man, you need to tell Raider Image, we need to get some black uh, Cliff Branch jerseys on there online. I've been looking for, I want a Cliff Branch jersey, but all I see is white. And I prefer black, but yeah, Cliff wore white. Cliff wore white a lot, you know, in public. He did. He looked. He loved wearing white and black too. I, I, you know, I don't know what's in stock or whatever, but I don't know if you got a chance. But if you go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame's website, and I'm sure the Raiders are going to do something. I already got my Cliff Hall of Fame gear, so I did that for Coach Flores, and I did it for Snake. You can get online and get that in advance and get your Cliff Branch uh, shirt for the Pro Football Hall of Fame and represent. If you're not going to be there watching it uh, during the induction, so that's available on the Pro Football Hall of Fame website. I think that'll be pretty cool to check out. Thank you for that info, JT. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to make it, but you know I'm going to be watching you here in Vegas. Yeah. Summer Cliff, rest in peace, Cliff. Thank you, JT. Have a good day. Yeah, and thanks a lot. Appreciate that. And you don't have, you know, not everybody can go. Canton's a hard place to get to. It really is. I've, I've been in Canton. I think this is seven or eight for me. And it's hard to get to Canton. It is not easy. you got to fly in. Either the Chicago change planes to get to Cleveland or it's hard to fly. It's just, it stinks flying now, man. I've been flying a lot and I've had some good luck mostly, but a little bit of bad luck and getting to Canton. Canton's one of the few places you got to give yourself some time because not only do you got to get to Cleveland, if you're lucky enough to get to Akron, which there aren't many flights and you got to rent a car, then you got to drive to get there. There's a little bit of traffic, but once you get there, it's paradise. It's NFL paradise. Once you get there, I think I told you in the past, I took the private Hall of Fame, the deep dive into the archives last time I was there to see that. That was life-changing. And then just to walk around and be there, I think Journey's playing in concert when we're out there, the little neighborhood towns. Reminds me a lot of Green Bay. You know, I've been to Green Bay uh, twice with the Raiders, and you walk around Lambeau Field and you see these little homes, you know, these small homes across the street. And you're like, man, imagine living here. You imagine living literally on the street where Lambeau Field is, and it's the same thing in Canton. Like you walk out the field to Canton, and you cut across this parking lot, and then there's a whole bunch of row of homes. And you're like, man, these people live on the grounds of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's a great Hall of Fame. They do a nice job with it, and we're excited about that. Hey, I wanted to mention happy birthday to Carlos Santana. Carlos had a little bit of a scare at a concert. I believe that was in Ohio, if I'm, if I'm not right. Bobby will check. A little heat exhaustion. He's great friends with Mark Davis. Carlos Santana played at the stadium. Carlos's Raider Nation. I tell the story. One of the pride pictures I'm looking at in my office is Carlos on the sideline. One of the famed photographers took a picture. Instead of saying cheese, Carlos put out the peace sign and said Jim Plunkett. I'll never forget that the rest of my life. I'm going to take this picture. It's kind of drizzling out. We both look into the camera, and the photographer goes, one, two, and he goes, Jim Plunkett. Love Carlos. Can't wait to see him and his residency is usually at the House of Blues over at Mandalay Bay. And whenever he's playing, you'll find me there. JT, one hour up. Great hour, thanks to Jerry Robinson. Eric Allen on the other side. Raider Press Conference News. Pete Futek will join us, College Football Insider. As we're talking sports on what they say is the slowest day of the year, but not on the flagship of the Raiders.
I've got 